There's a lot of things I've been wanting to say for a long time. And I don't say them here because I know that sometimes they're hard to hear, um, just in general. Sometimes they teeter on the borderline of upsetting people. And sometimes they could be incredibly sensitive, like socially or politically. But I'm going to say them today. I'm going to say them today because we need to. And at some point, if we don't say them, Allah's going to ask me, why didn't I say it? So I'm going to say it. So just a little warning in this podcast. I'm not going to go crazy and all um, opinionated because I don't believe that's true. I don't believe that's the place for this. But I am going to say some cold, hard facts about some of the reasons that we're struggling as Muslims in our emotional sadness and depression and anxiety and the root causes of that related to some things that we're doing that are related to society and the Western world and other ideas that we're having that we really need to get a grip on and we really need to check ourselves. So I'm going to give you a little sum of that today. It's kind of like what I call tough love, right? So with big love and open arms, I welcome you to the podcast. We're going to be talking about some of our kind of inferiority complex that we have going on in our community, how it's honestly a sickness and how we need to pull away. And I'm going to go into a couple things you can kind of keep in your mind to deal with it a bit better. All right, let's go. Hello, Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Mindful Muslima, coming to you twice a week. I am a licensed educator of 20-something plus years, mom of five, big sister to the community. And thank you guys so much for coming here back every episode, every week. As loyal listeners, thank you for the people who've been here for, I think, the almost like the full two years that we're here now. Alhamdulillah. And for all the new sisters that have found us and said, how much this changed your life? Like, I get the DMs all the time. So if I didn't answer every single one yet... Just acknowledging that I'm seeing them and so, so appreciative of your trust. It's an honor. It's also a huge responsibility that I take super seriously, but I'm definitely passionate about this work and helping all of our sisters. Um, Just saying, if you didn't already know, our book club is opening Sunday. February 20th is the first one. We are, it's a totally free book club. We are reading Women Around the Messenger, a really, really popular, famous, famous, famous um, book by Muhammad Al-Qutb and, um, excuse me, Muhammad Ali Qutb. And at the end of the day, um, this book is going to dive into all the best of women. I did a little bit of a series on the best women, but this one is good. It's on the mothers of the believers and the women that were important around the time of the Prophet, peace be upon him, his wives, his children like that were females it's all about the women so if you ever feel like as a woman like we don't get talked about enough in Islam like this is the book club to be in and it's not just you know I'm pretty laid back on the book club even though I'm a teacher by nature um it's really all about like making that connection for you as a woman like do you connect with these women how can I make their beautiful characters come into my life and just you know take away some of the best of of what they've taught me And so that's what we're doing. And we do it on an international stage. We have women from all over the world. I get really excited for these sessions when I'm with you. So I just wanted to say that. So shout out to all the women that have already signed up. And if you haven't, um, it's not too late. I think we're going to accept women until like the 21st, 22nd. And for those of you who are not aware, I am traveling overseas, inshallah, so I am prepping my team in the background for so many things. When I come back, um, for the couple weeks that I'm there, when I come back, um, I am going to be going full on into getting ready for Ramadan. We're going to have a Ramadan prep five-day challenge. We're going to have a huge party inside of Thrive with a whole bunch of 
speakers and sessions and live sessions and prizes and giveaways. Like we're going to make sure Ramadan feels really good. And we're also going to have an Eid celebration. This is probably one of the first virtual Eid celebrations I've ever seen. We're going to have an Eid celebration. And that way women who do not have someone to celebrate Eid with can feel like they're surrounded by other women. So excited about that. And lastly, we're going to be opening up a mentorship program where if you want to spend Ramadan personally with me to work on your goals and stuff like that, we're going to work on something. This is the first time I did it that way. Um, So a lot of stuff coming down the pipe. Get excited. Let's dive into today's topic, which is trying to help us to feel, um, understand where the root of it, all this stuff is coming from, of us feeling like we're not enough. It's connected to ourself and our history and stuff like that in terms of our life and experiences, like each individual person. But it's also an epidemic in the entire Muslim community. And we want to make sure that we are addressing it. And I have some beautiful hadith and things that I want to touch on today with that so you can be reflecting and thinking and making a connection. So next time you feel a certain way or think a certain thought, you can be like, wait a minute, that's not just me. That's this epidemic we were talking about and this is what I need to do. It. So you're going to walk away with exactly what you could do instead to kind of shift your mindset away from that like, I'm not enough And I'm just trying to keep up and prove myself to everybody else when I don't really have to. So we'll get into that now. So one of the things I love is studying um, Islamic history, and it's not always easy to do. And some people are history buffs and some are not. So let me me skip to the the important part for you. Um, In our past, Islamically, we were just some of the top leaders, not trying to boast about our Islamic history, but, you know, our people have led some of the most flourishing empires and, you know, advances in maths, science, medicine, um, Islamic jurisprudence that, that we've ever seen. Our nations were huge, they were powerful, and the whole world wanted to be like us. They literally would try to emulate us. But now if you look at the Muslim community, go to any neighborhood, go to any school, and what you'll see is a whole bunch of us emulating the West, whether it's the way we dress, we find certain musicians, we just copy their style, we find certain actresses or movie series or, you know, whatever it is, influencers, we're just copying their style. As a matter of fact, if you go to any influencer, I've watched so many on YouTube, and then you just go on there, you'll find they start developing products, and whether or not the products are actually good, people start using them. We just have this intense, intense infatuation with gravitating towards however the West is doing things. Now, what's unfortunately happened for a lot of our Muslim organizations is they felt this incredible pressure. Like we have to start to copy kind of like what these other groups are doing. We have to keep up with the West. A lot of our Muslim sisters who get into professional opportunities and careers, they feel this need to take off hijab. They feel this need to dress a bit more Western in the office or at the school, you know, in university to kind of fit in with the expectation. And so we've become a people like the tables have turned, where we are now emulating the West. Now, what makes a person do that? What makes a person totally copy somebody else? It might not be every single piece of clothing that you have, but that that thought flickers through your mind where I feel a little inadequate the way I am. I feel a little inadequate with hijab. I feel a little inadequate, you know, you know, coming forth without having these cutthroat ideas. And, you know, it's just, it's just problematic. What it really says is that we don't like who we are and we think that that's better, so we need to copy. But here's the thing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us the best 
model possible. And the fact that we are feeling inferior about ourselves is just honestly a lot to do with the post-colonial um, era and how so many of, of, of the Muslims in their countries have had other countries come in and take over their countries and make them feel like I have personally traveled the world, as you guys know. And when I get into certain countries, I'm not going to say the names of those countries, and you try to speak Arabic with some of the the people in, in, in the in the country, sometimes they're Arab and sometimes they are not Arab, but they are speaking the language of their the colonial the, the colonizers, right? So I'm just gonna throw it out there. French, Spanish, sometimes it's British, you know, English. They think they're superior because they can speak those things. And they've even completely eliminated um, Arabic from their curriculums, knowing that it is the language of the Quran. And then when you get in those communities, they feel like they are better than other communities because they have these things. Again, whether or not it is the food that has influenced them or the language or the culture of being half nude, the music, whatever it is, and you'll find them embedded in our Islamic countries. And so what happens is when you try to talk to them about being proud of their Islamic identity, they're just like, why would you do that? That's back old fashioned stuff. And talking sometimes to Muslims can feel like you're talking to non-Muslims with their idea of what Islam is. And, you know, to be fair, a lot of these countries have had a lot of their Islamic history taken out of them, books burned, erased. And so what I would say is to be fair, and I'm not trying to get all political here, it ends up coming deep into our psyche into the point where we actually go into, you know, some people work in the US, they work in Canada, they work in the UK, and they feel almost like inferior about the fact that they're Muslim next to their non-Muslim colleagues or next to other people in university or in high school, you know, and, and it's really, really unfortunate because it just makes us come from this position of weakness instead of being strong. And so I want to talk today about us not being dazzled by the progress of Western nations and this um, immediate, you know, Western and social um, economic like status that there is with money and cars and, and you know, this and houses and, and like what brand, I mean, like with women, it's just makeup and clothes. It's all day. I mean, I honestly, like Instagram is saturated with people with sponsorships, with clothing, and I'm not saying it's bad and people should never do it. I'm just saying it's just so superficial to the point where it makes us not love ourselves. And so what I just remind every sister here is that if you're feeling the power of that, that you can't walk outside with hijab and be feeling proud about it or be like Muslim in the workplace or at uni, that means that there's something wrong with the way we view ourselves compared to them. And we need to go back into ourselves. And subhanAllah, sometimes we forget that, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us something better than all of that. You know, they forgot Allah and sometimes they fall prey to these ideas that the faith that they have is inadequate in comparison to what they see these other people having. And, you know, this this has been happening since the time of the Bani Israel. It's, it's, it's something that really, really we have to think about. And so what I want you to remember is this particular hadith that I love from uh, Sahih Muslim. And sometimes we're feeling that you know, we're not having everything easy as it needs to be. But we need to remember that in the state of a believer, no matter where we are in our career, in our life, in how we good we feel about ourselves, whatever situation is happening to us, that the state of the believer is to know that there's khair, there's good in every situation. Amazing, this is uh, from Muslim, amazing is the affair of the believer. 
Verily, all his affairs are good. And that is not for and that is not for no one except the believer. Amazing is the affair of the believers. Verily, all of his affairs or her affairs are good. And this is not for no one except the believer. If something of good or happiness befalls him or her, they are grateful. And that is good for them. And if something harmful befalls him or her, they're patient. And that is good for them. But what does patience look like, sisters? Patience looks like just staying strong and firm. Okay, I know at work they're, you know, giving me this and that about the fact that I have to pray. But I've already established in my core beliefs, and I know from my Islam that praying is just, it's just obligatory. I might have to be prepared to let go of this job. I might have to be prepared to, you know, like not have everybody in the office like me. I might be prepared to, you know, take some snide comments and ugly stares and go home and pray to Allah and ask him for strength. That's what patience is going to look like in real life. We're not expecting you to like, you know, be the holiest of holies and bear down and, you know, go into your, you know, let's just be real. In the moment, it means making tough decisions holding our tongue, complaining to Allah, and staying firm in what we say are our core beliefs. And when I say core beliefs, you know, I've talked about that, for example, in the Muslim Marriage Lab, where we talk about, like, your core beliefs as uh, what you're looking for in a spouse. There's the Islamic, aligned stuff, and there's the things inside of your chest that you feel extremely passionate about, that you feel like are non-negotiables for you. Like, I refuse to be with a guy who doesn't want to raise his children in this type of way. Like, there's certain things that are, that are you know, they're re- within reason. They're particular to you. So if you have these particular non-negotiables, like I don't want to be in a workplace where people gossip. Like for me, that's that's a no. Because that's really stressful, right? Every time you go into work, you're going to sin. And riba, which is backbiting, is a problem. So for me, I have these non-negotiables where I'm not going to go work there. I'm not going to work in a place where people don't keep their word. I'm not going to go work in a place where people are constantly... Um, not holding people accountable and then giving other people a free pass because I've seen that a lot in Muslim organizations. You know, some people are not given fair treatment, but other people are because of who they know or how long they've been there. It's it's, it's not appropriate. There's a a yardstick we measure from, and it's that of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our yeses mean yes, and our noes mean no, and we're all very accountable and keeping our word. And keeping our word is really important. And staying mindful of this, of that fact that everything is good for us, will help to elevate our thinking by just seeking good in all situations. And you've heard me talk about that in the podcast here. Just like, and, and when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, yusra, again, often misinterpreted as within, excuse me, after hardship is ease. After, like, oh my God, this hard thing, but that's going to be easy. No, within that hard thing, there is khair, there is the good, there is these mercies, these mini mercies, shall we say. And the thing is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is constantly calling us to look for them. And that is also a form of patience and gratitude, right? And so no matter what you're going through, you're looking for them. But this epidemic of us constantly feeling like we are not enough and we are needing to emulate everyone else and being made to be as like a weirdo or just totally strange because you want to pray. We're all, you know, hanging out in the cafe right now. Oh, there's guys and girls mixing and that's weird for you. Like that, cause that's a very American thing to do. That's a very UK thing to do in Canada. I'm talking about these Western countries, right? It's very good to have these mixed hangouts with guys and girls when Islamically we know in our heart of hearts, that is so inappropriate. 
but we don't want to be the oddball out. We don't want to be the one that everybody's going to look at and be like, oh, look at that one. She thinks she's super religious. You know, she's blah, 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 blah. Or like, why you got to be different? Or what's the problem? Or don't you want like, like, you know, there's, there's got to be this point. And I say it sometimes on my consultation calls that you guys are on with me, which is like, where you got to put on your big girl boots and just be like, no, this is who I am. Unfortunately for me, I think that came later when I was like, when I started in my thirties, I think I went through my Actually, no, I'm not gonna lie. When I was in my 20s, I was pretty like, I was always the I was always the black sheep who was like, no, that's wrong. I'm not gonna do that. And if nobody liked me, I mean, I, I, I wish that wasn't the case, but if I was standing up for what is right, that's the case. Thinking about, um, but I did it even more, I think with more confidence when I hit my 30s. And then at 40s, I don't even question it. I just, just like, if I never have any friends in my whole entire life, but I know I did something all I wanted because he wanted me to do it. And if everybody else was not pleasing Allah, I'd rather live in solitude just because I see how much Allah is consistently there and he deserves um, my respect and my allegiance and just like the things Allah will do for us if we do the right thing, immeasurable. And so I would never give that rahmah up, that mercy up from Allah for the sake of my own comfort. Does it mean I should live like a monk in the mountains? No, <laughs> like no one's really doing that. Like I'm being extreme in a sense about that, but what I'm, I'm saying it in jest. What I really mean is there's got to be a point in your life where you're okay with not being okay with everybody. I'm going to say that again. There's got to be a point in your life where you're okay with not being okay with everybody. There's a saying, you can't please all the people all the time. Like it's really true. It's really true. So the, the sooner you get over that and the sooner you get over thinking that your worth is dependent on what the West tells you is your worth, then, then until then, it's going to be a really hard road. There's going to be a lot of disappointment. And, you know, it's really important for us to understand that, that this confidence, you know, comes off in two ways. When we are lacking this confidence, we're finding ourselves not putting ourselves into amazing opportunities that could be in front of us because we don't want to be like caught out there or speaking up against like the, the idea out there. Let me give you a perfect example. LGBT. Yeah, it's probably the first time I ever said this term on the podcast or maybe, maybe the second. If any Muslim now speaks against anything for LGBT in any fashion, they are made to feel horrible. And I'm not speaking for or against anything related to that right now. That's a whole other topic. I'm not even going there. I'm just giving an example that I know we all know. Back in the day, it used to be, I'm Muslim, so no, I don't believe in that. You can't force me. Now what's happening to the Muslims in the schools and in the workplace is if you do not agree with LGBT, there is something wrong with you. Now, the problem with that statement, and it is extremely problematic, and that is not from a religious standpoint, I'm talking from a humanity standpoint right now, is that literally just turned the tables. That literally just said, if you don't agree with us, there is something wrong with you. Does that make any sense for equality? Let's just think there for a minute. If I told you I'm Muslim and I believe in not eating pork, and I said, and if you don't agree with me, there must be something wrong with you. That is not acceptance. That is not tolerance in any form or fashion. That is superiority, right? I'm just like, hey, this is me. We don't come at people like that and we don't expect them to come at us like that. It's just not possible. So when we live in a world of tolerance, everybody's allowed to have their beliefs. And in many Western countries that tote and claim that they're allowing us to do this, have our own beliefs, are shoving their beliefs down our throat. So if I don't want to agree with things related to LGBT, that doesn't mean I'm bad. 
but that's what they're doing now. And literally I've seen it happen before my eyes on several stages, whether it's in education or in the workplace and so forth. So there has to be a point where you're okay saying, look, this is what I believe and that's what you believe. So to you be your way and to me be mine, right? That's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran. I don't step on you. You don't step on me. We agree to coexist in respect. And so what happens is they're not expecting us to coexist anymore. They're expecting us to assimilate to whatever they believe. And so that's just one small example that I know we can all relate to with the current state of affairs. So I'm just giving you like, maybe maybe being in that workplace, you need to leave. Maybe you need to go somewhere else where that's not an issue. So these tough decisions, a lot of times we're not making them because we don't want to be caught out, you know, and not like keeping up with whatever they think we should be. Or sometimes we don't want to come off as too religious. Or sometimes we're just overcompensating our behavior because we feel insecure, you know? And Rasul he tells us about those ego decisions, those things that we're doing based on what we, you know, we think people um, think about us and, and how much it is important for us to fit in or overpower other people because we don't want to feel inferior to them. Like all these crazy things that we go through. And at the end of the day, we need to put ourselves back in check and recognize that these new ideas that are going to come out all the time, they're not okay to put each other down with. Well, I'm going to give you one more and I'm going to go into a very dangerous place right now and I'm going to call it out. And the dangerous place I'm going to go into is vaccinations. Now, I'm, I'm not going to speak on vaccinations because I don't believe this podcast has a place for it and I believe it's just not beneficial because of what goes on with vaccinations. But let me tell you another one. Another thing that I see happening is that people are taking sides and there's division between family on whether or not this or that is okay. Is it okay to have a vaccination? Is it okay to have a mask? Is it okay to have this? Is it okay to have that? That has nothing to do with our faith. But we do forget that our faith tells us how to handle these situations. There's some levels of things that are people's personal choice. Now, people step in and they'll say, well, you know, if they cared about the rest of humanity, they will do this and that. That's not true. That's your personal feelings. That is not a fact. I'm going to say it again. You or I having that feeling, well, that person's being completely irresponsible, is your personal feeling not a fact. Islam doesn't force people to do those things. So that's your personal two cents you're using to determine if that person is a good person, but Allah is not using that yardstick. You know, how dare we? How dare we make up in our mind the value of that person based on what we think is right? That is incredibly egotistical. So we're struggling, and, and, and where did that thought come from? It didn't come from us. That is a Western-led thought that is being shoved down our throat in the media every day. Dislike the person who doesn't go with the, what everybody else thinks is happening in the main program right now. I'm just telling you, there has to be a level in ourself as an ummah where we stop just copying everything. They do. And stand up and feel proud of who we are. I'm not saying for or against anything. So nobody DM me. I get these DMs once in a while. Oh, sister, you know, I'm mostly 100% positive DMs. Not going to lie. But every once in a while I get this. Oh, I'm so disappointed in you, sister, because you said this on this podcast. And one sister said it to me about something that I said related to Shia. And by the way, I didn't say anything related to Shia. I don't even talk about Shia and Sunni. I'm not a political platform. Like that's not what I do. Right? So the person misinterpreted something I said 
Then they tried to give me like a horrible review on it. Yeah, I'm totally calling it out. And I'm just like, I didn't even say that. Haram. Haram. You know, like, so my point is, please don't send me a DM on what I said about vaccinations because I'm not pro or against vaccination in the podcast. I'm not saying anything. I'm talking about the judgment of us, the ego we have to pass judgment on another sister or not, you know, on based on what their personal choices are in their life. And thinking that whatever the West chose for us is automatically correct because we're in their country or that's where the majority of people are doing. I'm just calling back all of us to remind us who we are. We are Muslims. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not make mistakes. Islam is timeless. Allah knew everything was going to happen in 2020 and 2030 and 2040 and 2050. Everything coming down the line is planned by the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So let's just stop going with whatever is coming down. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls us in the Quran, do not become weak nor be sad and you will be victorious if you are true believers. Right? He reminds us in the Quran. So I want to remind you too. You will be victorious in any situation you are in your life if you stay a true believer, if you bear with patience, if you're not trying to just jump on the boat because everybody's jumping on the boat. That's the harder thing to do. And it can feel lonely. I get it when you're the only one doing it. But you know what? We are never meant to be anything but travelers in this world. We're meant to be strangers and travelers. And if that's a problem for you, then that is something you're struggling with in accepting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creed. Because at the end of the day, you see me, I'm here with you guys. Here, here I am being a traveler, okay, as best I can. Being a stranger as best I can. But look how many beautiful sisters I'm surrounded with. So it, it doesn't always have to equate loneliness, ladies. It just means sifting out, qualifying who you spend your time with who are on the same path as you. And that's important. We don't want to be on the same path as everyone. We want to be on the path that we're trying to go on, which is to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's a lot of Muslims out there. You know, one shaykh, he said something to me that was really sad. It actually made me sad, I'm not going to lie. And he said, 70% of Muslims are not practicing Islam at all. And we need to stop looking at them like, we think they sh- they are or they should like 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 a lot of Muslims they get shocked like when other people aren't praying and it's not that it's not that we're passing off on one another one is good and one is bad but we're saying that like we need to wake up to this crazy state we're in and hold on to the few that want to believe and encourage one another to khair to good and to good deeds just like the surahs say in the Quran. And here's my reminder today, if you felt bad in your workplace or in your school or something because you're Muslim, you know, it is totally normal. And Allah already knew it was going to happen, especially when Islam came for the first time, it happened, right? But, but that's to be expected, but what are you going to do about it? Are you going to stand up and be yourself? Or are you just going to like be a follower? Let me just call it out there, you know? I was never a follower and I don't mind not being a follower, because I love Allah so much that if he just, I feel like so emotional over it. If he just says to me, this is your life. I need you to do this and this and this. I would love to do it. I've come to this point within myself where I know nothing. And Allah knows everything. And how dare I believe that I have even a thought of what is correct when Allah is everything. And I call you sisters to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. 
We're doing it all the time here with mindfulness summa, pushing women to their discomfort, discomfort because in that is where your growth lies. Stop saying, staying cozy because that's why we feel so horrible in our chest because we're not being true to who we are. We're out of congruence. We're lacking congruence. And that's when your core beliefs don't match with your actions. You are not happy in your heart because maybe you're not actually following Islam and you know it. Like, right, maybe you're texting guys or listening to music or maybe that's not you. Maybe you're a person who's being angry with your kids and you know you shouldn't or maybe you know you should be praying better but you're not and you're late and you're missing. Whatever it is, when we feel out of congruence, we feel sad, we feel depressed, we feel disconnected. A lot of people get me on calls and they're like, sis, you know, why do I feel like this? And when we uncover the layers, there it is. And part of that is what I'm talking about today, which is kind of a branch I never went into, which is just like following with society, whatever they say, right? And I want you to know you are so amazing because you were given the gift of Islam. This is a beautiful gift. But just because we were gifted this gift doesn't mean we have a free pass. Some religions think they have a free pass. Oh, you believe so now you're going to heaven. That's not the way it works. And I love that about Islam. I love that. You know how many religions that I'm aware of, the major religions, believe they're going to Jannah because the, just the fact that they are in that religion or they believe in this particular thing in that religion and that alone there is no accountability that is so unrealistic that means everybody gets to go even if you're a horrible person pretty much and i'm telling you as a person who studies these religions i'm not just calling things out i literally have studied under scholars of those religions so at the end of the day be happy you're muslim be grateful to allah but be proud of who you are and being proud of who you are happens when you know your religion, you understand it. So that means to study it. This, uh, this year we're going to be doing more and more and more inside of our programs and stuff like that. But if you don't come along with us, if you come along with anybody else, at least you're authenticatedly studying. We're not saying we're, we're, we're talking about scholarly things within our, our rate. We're talking about how to um, implement Islam within your daily life. But if you want to go even deeper... You know, beautiful programs by um, Bilal Phillips, Mishka University. There's so many other ones. Do it. Learn. When you learn, you'll feel confident. You'll feel good about who you are. And you'll stand proud and you won't mind to rock the boat. All right? You can do it. I love you for the sake of Allah. I will see you in the next podcast. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.